Detective Man in Washington. WSB's Jamie Dupree. He's on every day with Herman Kane. 1106 AM every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 955 and AM 750. WSB. Do you have any belief that you stand a chance to win this nomination, let alone the presidency? Most of the people that are in elective office in Washington, D.C. have held public office before. How's that working for you? Herman Cain, Solutions for a Better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us because we're going to tell you the truth. We're going to give you the facts. Because we want you to be informed and inspired for this better America. Breaking news. Breaking news. Every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Hello, Jamie. Welcome. Hey there. Happy Friday, Herman. How are you doing today? Oh, bro? it's a happy one, my friend. Yes, it I is. assure you. So the Senate worked on uh, a bunch of amendments. At least they voted on a bunch of amendments. Any idea? How many of them came from Democrats and Republicans? And uh, what they were type actually uh, dead even until late in the night last night. Uh, the Democrats uh, were sort of slow walking things in the Senate, and Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell got frustrated because he'd like to wrap up work on the Keystone Pipeline bill, and so with, uh, he he forced a couple votes on some Democratic plans. So actually, I think there were more Democratic amendments voted on yesterday. Yesterday, in fact, the Senate voted on as many amendments with real roll call votes as they had in the entire year of 2014. If you can believe that. So the change in leadership has produced a different scenario, at least in the first few weeks of work on the floor of the U.S. Senate. Where we are on uh, on the Keystone bill, as one of my colleagues put it today, the, the, the thing about the Senate is all you're doing is delaying the inevitable. And that's all Democrats were doing yesterday was delaying the inevitable. This bill is going to get through, but right. it might not get a final approval until maybe, I don't know, maybe next Friday, Herman, which would mean it's taken three full weeks to get a, uh, done on a bill that's going to be vetoed anyway. So you can drag things out for a long time in the Senate, even when you're not really filibustering or anything like that. So uh, that bill should get final approval next week, but things got a little testy. Elbows started to get thrown yesterday, and I think it's only normal. We've watched the two parties completely switch roles. While the Republicans used to be the ones who were slow-walking everything and throwing tacks on the floor and, and uh, banana peels and more, and now it's the Democrats doing that in their roles, the minority. Elections do have consequences, Armin. Is there a little yellow line right down the middle such that, you know, they don't bump into each other when they get too close no, to you know, elbow that's, each other. That's, uh, they all smiles about it. They all know what's going on. It's a bit of theater that they're all playing, and the outrage sometimes is real, but sometimes it's feigned as well. Uh, last night, Senator McConnell really aggravated Democrats when he wouldn't even let a uh, few Democratic senators have one minute to explain their amendments. But at the same time, the Democrats weren't agreeing on any time to have votes and more. So, look, this is both sides do a great job at outrage, and sometimes it's manufactured. And I think what we're seeing now is uh, the Republicans are trying to show that they can run the Senate in a different way, and Democrats would like to throw sand in the gears whenever they can. The idea right now for Senator McConnell, I would think, is to try to finish this pipeline bill next week and then move on to the funding bill for the Department of Homeland Security and the whole effort to try to undercut the president on his executive actions on immigration. Remember, we're yeah. what, just a little like five weeks away from when money runs out there, and if it takes you three weeks to do a pipeline bill, you can see why they need to get moving on that funding bill for the Department of Homeland Security. Yeah, they want to try to rush something through and say, we're running out of time, so you guys go ahead and agree. Now, when you say roll call vote, that means they actually the actual call, call the senators, senators yeah. and they have to... They have to 
they call their name and they have yep. a vote. We only up, had you know, votes on amend on I think fifteen or sixteen amendments all of last year in the Senate because the Senator Reid simply locked the floor down. Mm. And this time when they started off on this bill, they allowed anybody to offer anything. And I thought it was really interesting because, you know, that gives Democrats a chance to offer any amendment they wanted to. Remember earlier in the week they tried to set that trap for the GOP on climate change. Yes. But nobody took any time to offer like a real climate change amendment or, you know, a real nuts and bolts amendment. And that's what you see a lot of times in the Senate from both parties is they talk a big game about wanting the ability to offer amendments and then when they get the chance it's more a sense of the Senate, sense of the Congress, sort of non-binding stuff rather than real nuts and bolts. I've seen that happen with both parties. So to me the best thing if you were to run this place, if you sort of put on your hat as an institutionalist here, the best thing to do is you just got to leave the floor open all the time and let everybody offer their amendments. You know what happens, Herman? People get tired of doing it. They say, hey, I want to go home. And they, you sort of, uh, that, that's the way Bill Clinton used to deal with the news media when he was president. He would hold these news conferences and they'd go on forever. And he'd keep <laughs> answering questions. And I think the press would be like, okay, we've had enough. Let's end this thing. Wear them down. Yeah, you know, wear them down. And I think the same is true. It's sort of hard in politics because, you know, there's always somebody new that and fresh that can come out and cause some trouble. But realistically, you got to work five days a week. You can't do like the Senate's doing, taking today off. They won't be back until 4.30 on Monday. You got to keep their nose to the grindstone and force them to stay here, and sooner or later they'll get tired of that and they'll want to go home. Is Senator Reed back yet? He uh, came back for uh, a part of two days this week, but it was sort of ironic that yesterday in all those votes he was the only one who was absent. He's he's still not a hundred percent by any means. In fact, he's going to have surgery on his eye on Monday that was damaged, and there's still the threat that he might lose his vision in that one eye. Uh, he's got what uh, a bunch of broken ribs, and he's knocked uh, and he got knocked around pretty hard. So he's definitely not back at one hundred percent. But for now, claims he is going to run for reelection in twenty sixteen. Who leads the obstructionist? Uh, group when he's not there. So the uh, Democratic uh, leader standing in would be the number two guy, which is Senator Dick Durbin of Illinois. So oh, he, he sort of takes on the, the role that Reed would play. He and Charles Schumer, uh, the number three, the senator from New York, are sort of right there. And, you know, part of this is uh, Reed has been aggressively, evidently, on the phone telling people he's okay, he's going to be fine, he's going to be there because. There's probably a little, um, you know, of Democrats looking around and saying, well, maybe uh, the old guy's not going to be back. Maybe we ought to start uh, flexing our muscles to see if we can get some of those leadership spots. So there's a little more at play here than just somebody's out sick. Uh, what's in the GOP border security bill? Uh, I hadn't heard about that. Yeah, this is a bill that was passed uh, this week by the Homeland uh, Security Committee. And the one important thing to remember about the way that stuff is divvied up in the uh, uh, in the Congress is the, the committee's have jurisdiction in certain areas. In the Homeland Security Committee, while it has jurisdiction over border security, it doesn't have as much ability to do things as, say, the Judiciary Committee and more. For example, there are some people complaining, well, this bill doesn't do enough about, say, catching immigrants and then releasing them, uh, even when they're here illegally. So this is step one in what Republicans say is their effort to secure the borders. This bill that they prove basically allows Republicans say that it would allow the U.S. to gain more operational control of the border by forcing the Border Patrol to do more, completing all the secure fence, I think the 700 miles of fence along the southern border, uh, doing a, an area-by-area area analysis of the threats and needs along the border and figuring out how best for the Border Patrol to deal with that. So you've got some Republicans that say, well, wait a second, we ought to be doing more over here, and we ought to be doing this, and we ought to be doing that. 
And I, t- I talked to one Republican yesterday who was trying to convince some of these uh, sort of new members that, no, 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 look, we'll get to that. Let's vote for this first bill here, and then we'll move to the other stuff. But, you know, just, Herman, as we had this dust-up over abortion the other day in the House, I'm not going to rule that out on this immigration issue for next week because you've already got some Republican senators who say, hey, this isn't enough. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think GOP leaders want to put together a giant bill. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. They, they don't want to stuff everything together. They'd rather go step by step. And so it, it, I think it's, it's hard for some of the new people who've been elected in the last, this last election and the election before to sort of get a sense of, okay, you can be a, a big voice, you can get out there, but at, at certain times, everybody needs to jump on board with what the party's doing and move forward, rather than threatening not to vote for things. But we've seen a lot of that from different factions of the Republican Party. Now, last night, the De- Department of Homeland Security chief just completely dumped on this GOP plan. He called it extreme, unworkable, and all kinds of other things. So it's obvious it'll probably draw a veto threat next week as well. He calls it extreme and unworkable. Then you have some Republicans who say it's not enough. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. So once again, everybody looking at the same thing and coming to, uh, shall we say, much different conclusions about it. That'll be the big thing that the House is only going to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week because House Democrats have a retreat Thursday and Friday. So that'll be the big bill that Republicans try to get through most likely on Wednesday, Herman. Gotcha. Uh, the invitation on the part of Speaker Boehner to Benjamin Netanyahu and the administration's reaction with respect to, well, the president not even going to meet with him while he's here. Is this getting a little petty? Well, I guess it depends which side you're on. Uh, I didn't realize that even when the Congress uh, offers to a world leader to speak before the Congress, uh, at least this administration says what you're supposed to do is it gets signed off by the White House as well for coordination purposes. That wasn't done. I think what it may show more than anything is that Republicans are trying to flex their muscles a little now that they're in charge of both the House and Senate when it comes to foreign policy, and especially on the issue of sanctions against Iran, which uh, there's certainly a battle going on between the administration and many members in both parties, frankly, and they would align themselves much more with the Prime Minister of Israel. So he's going to come here. It's going to be in March now and also participate at the big APEC conference, uh, the Israeli lobby conference, but he's evidently not going to meet with the president at that time. I see. Um, Senator Wendell Ford passed from Kentucky. How long had he been in Congress? Well, he wasn't. He had left uh, uh, a number of years ago. He was 90 when he finally died uh, just yesterday. He was here, and I think he served four terms in the Senate. You know, Herman, I tell people, having been around here a little while, we don't have characters the way we used to. Wendell Ford was a character. Uh, he was a, a pretty down-to-earth kind of Democrat, and he was governor for a while in Kentucky. I remember one time my dad and I went to Louisville for uh, not the uh, Kentucky Derby, but for the big Breeders' Cup weekend of horse races. And I went down in the morning to get the newspaper in my hotel and ran into Senator Ford there. And I went over and said hi to him because I knew him, obviously, from the halls here in Congress. And I uh, told him I was here with my dad. We we're going to go to the races at Churchill Downs. He got this big smile on his face, and he said, I just got one piece of advice for you, son. I said, what's that, Senator? He said, get it on. Get it on, son. <laughs> and he was just, you know, now I think of some of the guys that were here, whether it was Strom Thurmond, whether it was uh, 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 Fritz Hollings yeah. or Howell Heflin. I mean, we, we just had some characters that were here that lent a different air to that. And 
we, we've sort of lost that over the years. We have a lot of people who are very similar on both sides. And, and when I heard about uh, uh, Senator Ford dying yesterday, uh, uh, dying yesterday, I just sort of thought to myself how milk toast we've become here. We, we need some people who are sort of larger-than-life characters in both parties to liven this place up. You know what I mean, Herman? Yeah. In fact, great story about Ford. When, remember Paul Wellstone, the very liberal senator yeah. from Minnesota? Yeah. When Wellstone got here, he didn't even own a suit. And Wendell Ford went and had his uh, measurements taken and bought him two suits, said you got to dress kidding. up to be in the Senate. <laughs> that's, a, that, that's pretty classy. Well, like you said, don't have enough characters uh, because too many of them are too stiff, too afraid, to, 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 you know, got to be politically correct and all of that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I think there is a little of that. Have a good weekend, Herman. We'll Thanks have, a lot. Uh, I think, some interesting news next week. You too. You're listening to the Herman Cain Show. Breaking news, experience, and insight. Herman Cain brings it to you every day, every day. on the radio and at HermanCain.com. Coming up, rapid fire, 877 310 2100. 2100.